This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Short-Term Rental Management. It is great to be here with you on this glorious, well, quite possibly Tuesday morning, if that's when you tune in. We are here every Tuesday morning. My podcast appreciates a five-star review if you get a second, because after all, we are in the review business today. Cashflow Carl going to talk about number of guests. How many people should I sleep in my home? And we will get deep into that after a word from this week's sponsor. Sell with the short-term shop. Are you looking to sell your short-term rental or even 1031 into a different property? Our team of realtors will work hard to get you the most for your investment. We are experts in our field and would love to earn your business. When it's time to sell, call the shop, theshorttermshop.com. That's theshorttermshop.com, brokered by EXP. Cashflow Carl, long hair, Luke. The multifamily madman, uh, the reverend of real estate, the man with too many nicknames, dressed like a lumberjack today. Life is good. Life is good. Happy to have you with me here as we talk about number of people. How many guests should I allow in my home? Well, uh, the correct answer is there is no wrong answer. This is one of those many things in in management of landlording, short-term landlording, where it's not as big a deal as you think it is. When you first start, you're, oh my goodness, how many people should I allow in my house? It's a huge deal and you're like freaking out about it. but the truth is, you just pick something and run with it. And if it's not working for you, change it later. Simple as that. No different than being pet friendly. People obsess over that quite a bit. No, oh, should I allow pets? Should I not allow pets? It's not that big a deal. Give it a try. That's what I did. My very first vacation house. Um, it's still to this day the longest running Airbnb in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. I was pet friendly. And I decided after four, five, six months, even though I have, we have many pets in my household, uh, I did not want to deal with that anymore. Um, so I drove myself nuts. And then I realized, wait a minute, I can just uh, turn this button off and no longer allow pets in this house. Simple as that. So. We, we do obsess a bit, especially when we're new, about how many people to allow. There's also, I do want to talk briefly about heads in beds, right? And we're talking about heads in beds here. Now, that term technically goes back old school when it was basically like, hey, man, figure out, how, figure out how many people you can sleep in this house. You'll make more money the more people you can shove in this house, which is true. It is true. The more warm bodies you can stack in that home, the more you can charge per night because it's less per person. Um, and then, then that way, maybe they can save having to buy two houses or a bigger house or a more expensive house, that kind of thing. So there are landlords out there that do that. That's their thing. Let me see how many people I can stack in this house. Um, that is not my deal. 
I find that that is too much work and you will get a lesser quality guest. The type of guest that is willing to sleep in there with all those family members stacked on top of each other, not going to be that great of a guest. Let me throw this at you. The type of adult that's willing to sleep on a top twin bunk bed, probably not the classiest guy on the planet, you know? So I decided long, long ago that I wanted to go a little bit lower on my number of people, and I made that work for me. Yeah, I might have left a little bit of money on the table, but it made my management, I felt it made the management side of things a little easier for me. And my quality of guest goes up. Those two things are related. The higher quality guest, the less pain in the rear end management will be. Okay, so I decided I'm going to go Number of bedrooms times two plus two. That's my formula. If you're just looking for a kind of a back of the napkin, how many people should I sleep in this house? Number of bedrooms times two plus two, which means that a four-bedroom house sleeps 10. A three-bedroom house sleeps eight, right? Now, major exceptions to that rule. Matter of fact, I have three four-bedroom houses. I'm sleeping 12 in each of them. So I'm breaking my rule there. Matter of fact, I have three four-bedroom houses, all three of which are vastly different square footage, and I'm still sleeping 12 in all three of them. Let me take that back. Let me see. One, two, four, six. I'm sleeping 10 in my smallest one. All right, so I sleep... 12 in two of my four bedrooms and 10 in my little one. Now, the little one is pretty small. It is, I don't know, top of my head, maybe 2,000 square feet. I've got one that is 3,000 square feet. I've got another one that is 3,000 square feet. So a 3,000 square foot four bedroom is going to sleep more than a 2,000 square foot four bedroom. Makes sense, right? Common sense. So I do apologize for contradicting myself there uh, a little bit with my square footage and my number of people, but it's difficult to remember all this stuff, you know? It really is. Sometimes you get a bigger portfolio, and I'm blessed to have uh, an amazing life that I'm living here and worked hard to get to where I am, and sometimes it's hard to remember that stuff. Okay, so cut me some slack. Now let's throw this at you. I've got a five bedroom that I only sleep 10 people. So I have four, three, I have three, four bedrooms that I sleep 12. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. Back, back. See, I'm contradicting myself again. Two, four bedrooms. I sleep 12, one, four bedroom. I sleep 10 and I have one five bedroom. I sleep 10. Why? Cause it's a little small. It's a small five bedroom. It is. It's like, I don't know, 1,900 square feet, which is tiny. The, the living area and the kitchen are small, and the rest of the house is bedrooms, which is very common in vacation homes. That's another thing you got to understand. Vacation, if it was built as a vacation home, it probably has a small living area, a small kitchen, no closets, and a lot of bedrooms. It's pretty common. They were built to sleep as many people as possible. So, yes, I have a five-bedroom, but it is small. In other words, if it was a regular old house that you were living in and raising your kids at 1,900 square foot, that'd probably be a three-bedroom. 
Maybe four. Maybe. It wouldn't be five. But since it was not built to live in, it was built to vacation in. There's no closets and there's no, you know, there's a small little living area because most people on vacation aren't spending a ton of time in the house depending on your market. You're in Pigeon Forge, which is where my five bedroom is. People are going out. They're going to eat out for the most part. They're going to the park. They're going to the roller coasters. They're going to Dollywood. They're going to all these crazy amusements. They're not home much at all. They're just coming back to sleep and gather. Man, what an awesome day. Let's pour some moonshine and do this damn thing. Same thing on the beach. I got a big beach house. I got a couple big beach houses. One of them has a pool. People are gathering at that pool, man. You know, they're coming in to watch a little bit of TV here and there, that kind of thing. But for the most part, if they're at, if they're not at the beach or at a restaurant or at the amusement park or at the water park or whatever it is, they're at that pool. Small kitchen. So keep all this stuff in mind, you know. The variable, again, the formula is number of bedrooms times two plus two. And then the variable is square footage. All right, we could probably come up with an exact formula. But I tried that and it doesn't work. If you do uh, 0.4% of 3,000, that's 12, right? But if you do 0.4% of 2,000, that's only eight. So it doesn't translate. So, you know, maybe some, something like number of square feet equals number of people. 3,000 square feet equals 12 people. 2,000 square feet equals 10 people. 2,500 square feet. That's where it gets weird. Are you really going to sleep 11 people? Because then you got like an oddball bed somewhere or a twin bed in the corner somewhere, you know. So again, use your best judgment based on the prior formula. To me, that's the best way to go. Number of bedrooms times two plus two with the square footage being a variable, right? Um, this episode is brought to you by Short-Term Rental Listing Advice. Join this Facebook group and post your listing to get advice from other hosts, including myself, on how you can improve your listing. Or just post your property so you can show off. Join us at strlistingadvice.com. That's strlistingadvice.com. Let me give you some other examples. I will, if I've got a one and a half, what I call a one and a half bedroom, again, back to the Smokies. I, these are very common, a one bedroom cabin with a loft. So it's got like, let's say two king beds. I'm generally going to sleep about five, depending on square footage. That's where that oddball, you know, but maybe that's a, a pullout queen couch, a bed to sleep five. I do find I start to get a little annoyed with six people in a one and a half, what I call a one and a half bedroom, which is a one bedroom with a loft, which you rent as a two bedroom, but legally it's, it's bought and sold as a one bedroom, right? So one and a half bedroom is what I call it. I find that if I go to six on that thing, it, the type of people that are willing to cram six people in a one and a half bedroom cabin in East Tennessee with uh, you know, let's say 1200 square feet, they're going to be not, my favorite guests. So five is kind of going to be my limit on that. A zero bedroom cabin. I'm going to stick with two with the exception of maybe a child at maybe three humans total. Um, and again, where do I come up with these numbers? Historical data. Historical data. Pick a number, run with it. That's the, that's the whole point of this call. That's the whole point of this podcast. 
pick a number that you think is going to be okay. If it starts to be annoying or you're being over, if you're over managing or you're dealing with junky guests, drop it down. If you feel like the guests are being totally cool and you could maybe square spare a couple of uh, square feet in the property, jump, bump it up a person or two. Doesn't have to happen overnight. That's the, that's the theme of today's show. Pick something, run with it, change it later based on need and necessity. Can I handle a little more management on this house in exchange for a couple more bucks? Yes. Okay, bump it up. Am I over-managing this house because the guests are annoying me? Bump it down. Simple as that. Now, I mentioned the word humans. That's where it gets a little weird because there is an Airbnb, a verbo loophole where they they say that uh, they basically think that infants don't count. So you have to keep that in mind. Are you going to abide by that or not? Because you can put it in here. This is what I do. I put it in my house rules. Humans, 10 human maximum. Because what they can do, and, and this is totally, you know, within their rules on Airbnb, you can, they can book 10 people and like, Technically, they could book six infants and get away with it. So then now you got 16 people in this house, but Airbnb doesn't count infants, which I believe, don't quote me, I think it's anything under 18 months. So my house rules say 10 humans regardless of age. And again, if it's in your house rules, Airbnb and Verbo will be on your side there. Booking.com, Hopper, whatever platforms you're using. So I do see that quite often where they'll sneak or they, you know, may really probably don't even know. I think sometimes they're sneaking, but I think most of the time they don't realize because Airbnb will let them put 10 guests and three infants and it still says 10 guests. But you got to kind of pay attention to that. Am I like hyper-focused on that and like, you know, being the infant police? No. But if they start asking weird questions and then I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Why do you have 13 people here? What's going on? This, I'm sorry this house only allows 10. You're going to have to cancel. I'll give you a full refund. That's the key. If you're going to do it my way, you have to be cool with giving a full refund. And then Airbnb and VerboBooking.com, they're going to take your side. If, you, if you're not going to give them a full refund, then it's like you're – and I get that. It's almost like you're trying to find some loophole to rip people off, and nobody wants anything to do with that, and you shouldn't either. So in my case – you know, the only, the only downside to that is if it gets too close to reservation day and then I don't, I didn't catch it. Next thing you know, they're bringing 13 people, three infants and 10 people to a 10 person property. Well, too late. Shame on me for not catching that. And again, am I hyper-focused on that? No, I'll be honest. The only time I ever noticed that is when they're being annoying. Okay. You're being super annoying. Let me see what else you're, you're doing wrong. You know, Oh, wait a minute. You're trying to sneak in three extra humans. Again, I use the word humans. Has to be in your house rules. This is not legal advice of any kind. You're going to need to call Airbnb and Verbo and Booking.com and Hopper and Google Vacation Rentals. They're not going to care. And confirm all of this stuff, okay? I am in no way offering any kind of legal advice. I've got three Harley Davidsons. I am not a lawyer. Not that there's, I'm sure there's plenty of lawyers out there with three Harleys. But you get my point. All right, so be careful with that infant loophole. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you agree. Maybe an infant doesn't count as a kid. I've got two kids. Let me tell you something. They count as a, a, a tornado. <laughs> it's not even a human. It's a damn tornado. You know, 
And yeah, an infant doesn't do much of anything, but it does take up space and everybody, you know, if there's an infant involved, the stress level is higher. So again, I find it's my duty to make sure that the number of people are a little lower to keep that stress level lower because people don't know any better. They're just trying to save a couple of bucks. And it's your job as a good landlord to say, nope, sorry, I do not want the stress level that high in this house. It's going to lead to bad reviews. It's going to lead to your vacation not being as good as you want it to be. And if, and quite frankly, what you're saying there is maybe you should save up a little bit more money and go rent a bigger house. You can't say that, obviously. That's not classy. That's not, that's not the Southern way of doing things. Polite, as my lovely wife has taught me. She's, of course, from the very deep South, right? So you're going to have to come up with an SOP, a standard operating procedure, based on whether you're going to be, and, and quite frankly, my way of doing it, the human thing, it is more work that way. Like, I got to call and explain to the person at Airbnb, hey, they told me they're going to have 13 people. Um, my house is 10 person maximum, and I'm, I'm in my house rules, it says, 10 humans regardless of age that's how you get through that that um infant loophole but airbnb's not really gonna like that they're not gonna understand it you know so you gotta you gotta decide if it's worth it is that juice worth the squeeze for me it is i don't want that many people stacked in my houses again making the stress level go higher and everybody has less of an awesome time i come from the party world right i was in the party business for like 15 years I owned a, a nightclub in New York City, a little, well, nightclub. I, oh, it's a five, 600 square foot dump is what it was. Long time ago. And so I learned, and I, I, even before that, I was partying. You know, I was in the party business, the rock and roll party business. That's what I did, man. We had a good time all the time. And, uh, and so I, I kind of, I take what I learned from that business, which is all hospitality, make no mistake. Nightclubs, restaurants, bars. It's all hospitality. If you have experience as a waitress or a waiter or a bartender, you're going to do very well as a short-term rental landlord. All right? So I take what I learned from that side of the business, from the hospitality business, and, and I translate it over here, which is, again, it's hospitality. It's all it is. It's the exact same thing. And what I do is, you know, it used to be back in the day, I'd see a guy wander in my bar and he'd sit down at the bar and he'd be one of these like, come come to the bar early and complain about my problems kind of guys. And I'm like, listen, there's a hundred bars out there that that's exactly what they do. You go in those bars and you complain about your problems. That's not what we do in my bar. We come to my bar to create memories and have a good time. All right. So if you're not coming in here to have a good time, you are in the wrong bar. So. You know, a lot of that has to do with what's the vibe you're trying to create in your property. What type of a manager are you? There's plenty of people that are listening to this saying, oh, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I'd sleep 16 people in that four bedroom. You know, so it's all about what environment you want to create for your guests. You know, and, and that will, and you don't need to sit there and, and have a game plan. You don't need a freaking flow chart about your, environment in your property it will change and evolve over time based on your experiences okay so again to reiterate the most important thing to learn here is that there is no wrong answer there's no wrong answer pick what you think is best 
over time, the procedure and the policy will change and evolve based on needs. Number of bedrooms times two plus two with a whole lot of exceptions. Heads and beds with the Reverend of Real Estate, Luke Carl. I appreciate you. Please give me a five-star review. And of course, check out the shorttermshop.com. We'd love to sell you your next vacation house. We're the best in the biz, baby. Let me teach you how to be a good landlord. Come on, let's do it. Don't overthink it.